and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us his forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, our merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor and sinful being. Upon this, your confession, now by virtue of my office, is to call the ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto you. And in the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded to increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Amen. Yeah. 
bless thee, we worship thee. We glorify thee, we give thanks to thee for thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father of Almighty. O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of God, O Father, Thou takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art Lord, Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God. Almighty, eternal God, in the word of your apostles and prophets, you have proclaimed to us your saving will. Grant us faith to believe your promises, that we may receive eternal salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Scripture readings for this, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, the Old Testament lesson from the 19th chapter of Exodus. The people of Israel sent out from Rephidim, and they came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. And there Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up unto God. And the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. And so Moses came and he called the elders of the people and he set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. On your wondrous works I will meditate, and I will declare your greatness. 
the epistle lesson from Paul's letter to the Romans, the fifth chapter. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law, and yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth and 10th chapters. Glory be to thee, o And Jesus went throughout all of the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And the names of the twelve apostles are these, first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, We confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, 
and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today is from the Gospel reading these words of Matthew. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This is our text, dear friends, in our Lord Jesus. To date, I think it's safe to say it's been one of the more active and news-saturating political campaign seasons in recent memory. For many more months than what had been normal, presidential hopefuls have been on the road and on the stump, making his case or making hers for your vote. And so we've arrived now, it would seem, at, at least at two major political party candidates. But you can remember with me, I'm sure, the many other candidates besides Senators Obama and McCain who have campaigned in this last season, those by the name of Clinton and Romney and Kucinich and Paul and Dodd, Giuliani, Edwards, Huckabee and Thompson. And you can remember, I'm sure, with me too, their media-covered travels by way of bus and train and plane throughout all the cities and villages across this land. You can recall, I'm sure, their diner stops, so often reported on television, booth to booth, shaking hands, saying hello to the locals, and their factory tours, finding out from the local folk what's made here, why it's so important that it is made here. The town hall meetings in the local middle school gym or in some willing farmer's barn, exchanging their best answers for your questions and, and a chance to, to give their answers. And all of it for what? Really for this? And with each diner and factory and town hall notched on a candidate's belt, that candidate tried and yet will try to convince you that having been there throughout all the cities and, and towns and villages among the people, that he's seen the ordinary life, your need, your challenge, your life's condition, and he's the one, therefore, to meet it. Well, Matthew today tells us, too, that Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages. And he saw the same things. People, persons, rather, individuals. Individuals much like you'd meet at a diner or a factory or a town hall. They were men some who wore life's experience all over their rugged and their wrinkled faces and in their tired eyes. Other men younger whose inexperience left them perhaps much less worn or jaded, whose countenance was much smoother. Women, he saw young and hopeful girls, others that were mothers, stretched and strained by vocational demands, widows, lonely and quietly aching, and children too, many children I'm sure, some of whom for an intruding disease or affliction had never known the hallowed shelter of childhood. Jesus went throughout the cities and villages beholding those just like you, just like me, ordinary people, ordinary lives. Now, perhaps here the word ordinary allows for some misconceptions. 
I would suppose, or misunderstandings maybe. Misconceptions of the unordinary, perhaps, or the extraordinary life. Well, the fact is that ordinary lives, the kind that are harassed, as Matthew used the word, harassed by by life's fallen condition and ultimately lives that are helpless to help themselves out from life's fallen condition. These are really the only kind of life that there is, ordinary life. The only kind of life that there has been since that first trespass of that one man. Paul spoke about in the epistle reading that one man, Adam, and his wife Eve. Since then there's only been one kind of life and that's the ordinary kind. Harassed by life's condition. You can remember troubled old Job's divinely inspired words regarding the life of every man. Remember what he said? He said, man who is born of woman is of few days and full of turmoil. Doesn't that just about describe every life here? Tax bracket has no bearing. Social status or stigma for that matter. Your home city town or village, it really is just as irrelevant. Why? Because all lives are conceived, as the psalmist says, in sin. Born to mortals, bound for mortality, and don't they just hit every mortifying bump along the way? Death, says St. Paul in, in our epistle reading, death, and therefore dying, comes to all. You ask the Russert family this weekend, and we were all Reminded so suddenly of that just two days ago, the notable political analyst, host of the weekend show Meet the Press, Tim Russert, dies suddenly, 58 years old. If it can happen to him, death comes to all because all, Scripture says, have sinned. All lives born of women, women and just as ordinarily they end in the casket, don't they? be it plush or pine or perfectly plain, and all lives born of the womb and bound for the tomb encounter the same harassments and the same helplessness all along the way. You'll recall there was a rich man and there was Lazarus. You'll recall there was the high commander of the Syrian army, Naaman, in Elisha's day, and he had leprosy. The commanding centurion's son who was sick unto death, noble Jairus' daughter, who was dying. Death and dying, you see, it's no respecter. No respecter of the things that we in our dealings respect. It makes all lives ordinary lives. Your life is no less ordinary. Your life and mine no different. And for that very reason, then, Isn't it there right there in the middle of those city and village gospel text crowds that we do feel most at home? Disease and affliction to be healed, don't we know it? And no doubt among those who listened in their synagogues as Jesus did preach and teach to them, there were the marriages and relationships that needed mending. There were psychoses and neuroses and obsessions and disorders that needed to be reordered again by the Creator. Bodies broken, don't we know it? Souls too. Some troubled by their wrongs, some numb to them. Souls too that need life and rest. A whole syndrome of separation caused by our sin, don't we know it? 
Life harassed by the consequences of life's condition, conditions we've often so, so often created for ourselves. Life's lives so helpless by and, and to sin's destructive force, don't we know it? Ordinary life. Your life. We have this picture painted by Matthew in the text, and it's striking the contrast. Jesus, the Son of God, a harmony of healing and wholeness in the midst of a cacophony of lives dissonant and discordant by sin. You wonder what's the reaction when these two opposing things come in contact? What would Christ's reaction be? No different than it is today as he's present in our cities and in our villages, in our lives, among sin, ordinary and and discordant and sin-harassed lives, Matthew tells us what the reaction is. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. The Greek word for compassion is splagnisomai, It means a gut-wrenching, stomach and heart turning and churning reaction to some pitiful situation. And the word is not at all common in the New Testament either. It's used of the Good Samaritan upon seeing that man lying there in the road. It's, It's used of the father of the prodigal son, seeing afar off his son. It's used of the merciful Death-forgiving king, remember him who absolved the 10,000 unpayable talents? It's used, interestingly, though, in the New Testament, only of God. Splugnitzomai, gut-turning compassion that moves him to react. Christ's reaction, you wonder? Splugnitzomai, love's reaction. It's no different now than it was then Jesus moves into motion to meet needs, meet our needs. That's compassion in motion, moving to help lives that are ripe for the healing. And that harvest indeed is plentiful. Jesus takes one look at the sin ordinary life and and he knows what needs to be done. And he does it. In the gospel texts, we're told he does it through Simon Peter. He does it. And through Andrew and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and and Thomas and Matthew and James of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon, even Judas. He employs them, 12 instruments employed, 12 tongues upon which his care would be sent out and carried to those in need, 24 hands by which special cure would be delivered to those lives broken and in need. He made messengers and miracle workers out of these men who were mariners and, and money makers, men whose lives were just as ordinary, just as sin ordinary as the next man's, yet with specific authority from Christ Himself to proclaim. Good news, indeed the life-healing news 
that still rings on the tones of his compassion in motion. The news that the kingdom of heaven is near. Indeed, it's right here. His reaction, you wonder, it's, it's compassion in motion, dealing with our needs, all of them, to the very last one of them, starting from top to bottom. And I do mean top to bottom. Because we might prefer those bodily needs of ours to be met, and indeed complete bodily healing. We might consider that and prefer that to be the first and foremost need of ours to be met. But you know he doesn't. See complete bodily healing of ours to be the first met. Like most any father here today on this Father's Day would probably tell you, quick fixes are necessarily the lasting ones. We see that from the Gospel text. Those he healed did in time die. Important as our future bodily restoration is to him, it's not what he seeks first for us. First and foremost comes the proclamation to you of your life sin forgiven. Because Christ Jesus was delivered up to it. Remember the epistle reading again today? St. Paul's words. He says, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. First and foremost comes your assurance that because Christ and by faith in Christ, you, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, you stand right before God and are no longer fractured from Him, but reconciled to Him. Again, the epistle reading, Paul says, we have now been justified by His blood, reconciled unto God. So first comes the kingdom of God, unassumingly as it does come to you. Even as it does this morning, unassumingly, into the ears of hearers and upon hearts. Establishing and sustaining faith now for eternity's tomorrow. That's first. In God's economy, that's foremost. In fact, you notice that order even in the gospel reading that you, you heard just a moment ago. Remember how Matthew wrote it? He said, Jesus went through all the cities and villages teaching and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing. You notice the order that he puts there? In fact, the order is repeated when Christ sends out the twelve later in the gospel text. Go, he says, and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, and so on. Well, still you see, still you see Christ's compassion in motion. Of course, no longer through that select band of apostolic brothers that we heard about in the apostle, rather in the, in, in the gospel reading. Today, though, it's through other proclaimers sent by him to bear to broken lives the very same good news, reconciliation, because of Christ and His cross, reconciliation with God. Paul calls the, the task of proclamation the ministry of reconciliation. He even uses the term. Indeed, next week, in Illinois, our own Reverend, now Reverend Stephen Mons, 
will take up that task, that calling handed down to him, given to him, that vocation as he's ordained and installed as pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Anna, Illinois. Commissioned to proclaim there by God's authority the good news. Present-day proclaimers of God's authority and his authoritative word of reconciliation. Much like the heralds of old, remember them? Those sent forth by, by the king to state publicly his proclamation in cities and in villages and in countrysides, public square. Heralds weren't sent to convince and persuade by, by clever rhetoric or with witty presentation. They were sent to declare the king's decree. And the words of the king did the convincing and the and the persuading in the ears and in the hearts of the hearers. And those in the public square who had ears to hear, they'd hear. And moved by the king's words, they'd take the king's message to heart and they'd believe it. And expect it. And when the news was good, they'd hope in it. And not because of the particular herald, but because of the word of the king that he was sent to bear. So it can be said to you, hear ye, one and all. The king brings you good news. God has in Christ reconciled the world unto himself. Not counting your trespasses against you. And all the rest that you do seek, it'll follow. For don't you know that it has been decreed by him, that anyone and every one of you who by faith is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The brokenness of this world, you see, it's passing away. Giving way day by day, even hour by hour. Giving way to the resurrected wholeness that's soon to come. Behold, he makes all things new. In his kingdom of priests... Some are commissioned publicly to herald, but all are priests. Priests who pray for the healing of the neighbor body and soul. Priests who offer and sacrifice their own abilities to the betterment of another's broken life. Priests who, in living out their own particular callings, encourage one another and, and share with each other the good news that God's made known to us. Priests who, along with the writer of that sermon, hymn that we just sang, he said it so well, priests who... Ask for faith that transcends timidity. That we would, each in our callings, refreshed by God's word and his sacrament that we receive here today, that we with courage would confess what God in Christ has done for us. Friends, those gospel text crowds are all gone the way of time now and into eternity. But this crowd right here, and those in our cities and towns around us, in villages, we see Christ and his compassion yet faithfully in motion. Doing what he does. Remaking death into life. So that you can have it to the full. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
people according to their needs, we pray. Heavenly Father, even as the psalmist chanted in days of old, so also we have entered through your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, that we might give thanks to you and bless your holy name. For indeed, you are good to us, and your steadfast love endures forever and forever. With grateful hearts, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Bear up as on eagles' wings, O Lord, your people here and everywhere. You have made us your kingdom of priests through baptism into the sacrifice of our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Through him you have shown all the world your love, and that while we were yet sinners, even enemies of your Son, you still gave him up for us all, that the whole world would be reconciled into you by the death of your Son. With grateful hearts, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Enable your church, in the name of your Son, to have compassion upon the harassed and the helpless who are like sheep without a shepherd. And through your church, send out pastors, prepared to gather them around your word and sacraments, that they may be rescued and protected from the evil one. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Your power, O God, is without limits, and you have chosen to exercise it through the governments that you've ordained to rule. Grant the governing authorities of this world the wisdom to use the power entrusted to them for the benefit of the people they serve. Give us leaders who are honest and upright, compassionate and wise, that they may promote all that is good, all that is noble, all that is just in your sight. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Open doors of opportunity to the unemployed. Grant success to honest businesses and industry. Protect those who travel, and especially families on vacation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Come, Almighty Father, to the aid of all who grieve the loss of life and property due to the storms and the floods which have destroyed so much in the Midwest. Comfort them, and through the compassion of others, help them to rebuild their lives and their homes. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Dwell with us in our homes so that we may be especially grateful for our fathers as we celebrate Father's Day in our land. May your fatherly love show in us in your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, shape and form the love and the care that earthly fathers have for and show to their children. And may their children not only love them, but also honor and respect them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. With fatherly love, you truly care about our welfare in this world. Accordingly, bless and sustain all of our church family who are sick, those who are recovering from sickness and surgery, those who are homebound. We pray also for those who are in hospice care, and especially the aunt of Denise Grace, that you would grant her your Holy Spirit, that all who are in hospice care might be well prepared by your word of grace in Christ to be delivered from their afflictions here on earth and brought finally by your grace to heaven, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Comfort all who mourn the death of those who have died in Christ, that they may confidently move forward in the faith. To that end, be with Jan Williams and her family at the death of Jan's mother this past week, and be also with Ethel Hine and her family as she tends to the burial of her husband, Fred, in Arlington Cemetery this week. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Grant repentance and faith, O Lord, to all who approach your Lord's table this day, 
that forgiven and refreshed by the life-giving body and blood of Christ, they may depart here in peace and confess his life and his saving work in a lost and a dying world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend then all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy that endures unto the end for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened unto us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying,
fourteen points of vision which God has prepared and made for the face of all people. O I do love I and the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Father, the fountain and the source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Upon you and give 